Sup, Buzznet! In reference to the podcast here with a Freaky Freaky Friday. Freaky Freaky Friday. What is that from? I don't think Freaky Freaky Friday is or anything. I think it's from Superbout. And he's like, Freaky Freaky, yeah! (laughs) Ah, fair. Alright, I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. Enlighten me. Today we're going to learn about Chernobyl, which I learned all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Okay. My sources were worldnuclear.org, Wikipedia, ghoststory.co.uk, and politico.eu. Wow. You're getting fancy. Uh, the Chernobyl Power Complex, which is about 130 kilometers, which is 81 miles north of Kiev, Ukraine, and about 20 kilometers, which is 12.4 miles south of the Belarus border, consisted of four nuclear reactor units. Units 1 and 2 were constructed from 1970 to 1977, and units 3 and 4 were the same design and were constructed in 1983. Two more reactors were being constructed at the time of the accident. Southeast of the plant, there was a 22 square kilometer, which is 8.5 square mile, artificial lake by the river Pripyat, which was made to provide cooling water for the reactors. Within a 30 kilometer or 18.6 mile radius of the power plant, the population was around 135,000 at the time of the accident. Did you make sure that you did all those conversions for me? I did. You're so sweet. On April 25th, 1986, which was only 20 days after my brother was born. Oh. Which I thought this happened like back in World War II. (laughs) It did not. (laughs) It did not. Prior to a routine shutdown, the reactor crew at Chernobyl 4 started to prep for a test to determine how long the turbines would spin and supply power to the main circulating pumps after the loss of main electrical power. This test had been, had been performed in 2000, or, yeah, 2018. <laughs> in 1985. <laughs> Not even a two in there. Uh, but the power from the turbine ran down too quickly, so a new voltage regulator design was to be tested. A series of actions preceded the test early on April 26, 1986. By the time the operator moved to shut down the reactor, the reactor was already in an extremely unstable condition. A peculiarity of the design of the control rods caused a dramatic power surge as they were inserted into the reactor. The interaction of very hot fuel with the cooling water led to a fuel fragmentation along with rapid steam production and an increase in pressure. Intense steam generation spread through the control rods that were only halfway closed and spread through the whole core, causing a steam explosion, releasing fission products into the atmosphere. Two to three seconds later, a second explosion threw out fragments from the fuel channels and hot graphite, which was basically like lava. Uh, Yeah, I would not want to be in the way of that. Two workers died in the initial explosions. The graphite and fuel became incandescent and started a number of fires, causing the main release of radioactivity into the environment. About 
to 300 tons of water per hour was injected into the intact half of the reactor using the auxiliary feed water pumps. But they stopped about a half or a half of a day because of the danger of it flowing into units one and two and flooding them. Days two through ten after the accident, 5,000 tons of boron, dolomite, sand, clay, and lead was dropped onto the burning core by helicopter in efforts to extinguish the fire and to limit the release of radioactive particles. The Chernobyl accident caused the largest uncontrolled radioactive release into the environment ever recorded for any civilian operation, and large quantities were released for around 10 days. This caused serious social and economic disruption for large populations in Belarus, Russia, and the Ukraine. The Soviets were initially reluctant to make the disaster public, but had no choice when, re nuclear reactor, when a nuclear reactor around a thousand miles away in eastern Sweden began recording radiation levels ten times higher than normal. How far away was it? A thousand miles. Still. Like, for it to jump ten times, like, yeah. there's a problem somewhere. Yeah. Do you get to the point of, like, when they did evacuations, or... Not yet. Okay, but, like, you're gonna talk about it? Mm hmm Okay. Casualties included firemen who put out the initial fires. The fires were put out in hours, but the radiation doses caused 28 deaths, six of which were the firemen, by the end of July 1986. Once the cleanup started, around 2,000 people, huh, 200,000 people were involved during 1986 to 1987. They received high doses of radiation. Later, the number reached as high as 600,000, but they only really received low doses of radiation. The highest were 100 emergency workers and on-site personnel during, their, during the first day. The town of Pripyat was evacuated on April 27th, about 45,000 residents. By May 14th, 116,000 people that had been living within 30 kilometers or 18.6 miles in a radius had been evacuated and later relocated. Around 1,000 officially returned to live within the contaminated zone. Um, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know, like, it's like... They just left. Like, it's, the town's still, like, it's creepy. Yeah. What date did this happen again? I know you said they evacuated April 25th. No, they evacuated on the 27th. Oh. What? It happened on the 26th of April. Oh, so they did start evacuations, like, immediately. Yeah. Okay. I guess once they made it public. Yeah. Well, because most of the people that lived in the town worked at the plant. <laughs> Fair. Uh... A sad effect the accident had was that some doctors in Europe advised pregnant women to have abortions because of the potential radiation problems, which I thought was horrible. Mm. But like at the same like and like at the same point you're like yeah but like what if there wasn't gonna be any problems? Yeah. Well, and like you said, they like just had to up and leave. So oh gosh, I couldn't even. Well, it just said in Europe, like, not just from there. Like, yeah. doctors, like, all over. Right. Like, they, if, even if you weren't anywhere near it, they're like, well, just to be safe. Oh, that's insane. I mean. Yeah, like, it was, like, the whole area, not just where it happened. Yeah, okay. 
Could you just imagine, though, your parents coming home and being like, okay, we gotta go. You can't take anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, everything's they exposed. They still, like, teddy bears and shit there. Yeah. And... Listen. <laughs> Dolls. This stuffed dog that I sleep with every night, that she's going with me. I don't care. <laughs> we'll all die. <laughs> yeah. In the early 1990s, around $400 million was spent on improvements to the remaining reactors, enhancing their safety. Although, after you... No, I don't think they enhanced it much. Unit 1 shut down after a turbine hall fire in 1997. <laughs> Unit 2 shut down after a turbine hall fire in 1991. Oh, well, got a which <laughs> they were in chronological order. It's okay. They were and, in alphabetical order. And then they just shut down unit 20 or unit 3 in 2000. A small team of scientists work within the wrecked reactor building inside the shelter. Chernobyl unit 4 was enclosed in a large concrete shelter built in October of 1986 to allow the usage of the remaining reactors. There is still 200 tons of highly radioactive material deep within the concrete shelter. Good. So all that's keeping everybody safe is just a barrier of concrete. <laughs> also, though, like, why would you go back? Well, they said there's a lot of people that they, they're like, that's my home. Like, I have nowhere else to go. So that, that people just... Well, I guess that's fair. They advised them, like, hey... Don't. You're not allowed back in here. And they're yeah. like, well, screw you guys. We're going back anyway. Oh, man. In 2011, Chernobyl was officially declared a tourist attraction. To which I have hashtag dark tourism. Yep. <laughs> which is a prime example. Yep. In 2015, results of a major scientific study showed the mammal population of the exclusion zone was thriving despite land contamination. Hmm. Which, <laughs> there are signs everywhere that it is illegal to hunt there. Because you... Because even though the animals are thriving, they're still heavily irradiated, so therefore you can't eat the meat anyway. Right. Uh, the exclusion zone spans 2,600 square kilometers, which is 1,615 square miles, to prevent anyone from wandering into the contaminated area. Now on to the spooky stuff. All right. Uh, that was a lot of scientific words. Yes. <laughs> like, once I started getting into it, I was like, I got so sucked into it. I was like, I left a lot of stuff out. Because <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this is so fascinating. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm on like page eight that I have written. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm probably going to severely butcher this name okay so i apologize in advance i think it's russian but i'm not sure okay andre karsukov a nuclear physicist from new york was at the power station and went to the number four reactor sarcophagus he could not go inside because of radiation but as he took radiation readings he heard someone screaming for, for rescue from a fire inside Direct quote. <laughs> I ran upstairs to tell someone, but they said that when I entered the reactor control room, I was the first person to open that door in three years. 
And the only way to get inside the old reactor is through the doors I came in through. If someone had gone inside the reactor when I wasn't looking, they would have tripped the alarm that goes off when the reactor door is open mechanically. The reactor door requires a password and handprint, yet someone or something was inside. Later that evening, as we were eating dinner outside the building by the river next to the plant, a floodlight turned on in the room of the installation. There was no way anyone could be inside. As we ate, we figured there was a power surge or something. Then, just as my colleague said that, the light shut off. Which, that one was, like, any article I read, that was, like, the main one that happened. Because that, like, was, like, word for word in every single article. <laughs> ah, okay. There is a legend that says several people began to see a large winged creature with red eyes in early April before the disaster. The creature became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl, and many have compared it to the Mothman. Okay. Survivors of the disaster reported seeing the creature flying away from the reactor. Reports stopped directly after the accident. Those that believe the bird was a paranormal entity regard it as a harbinger of terrible things to come, and those, believe, those that don't believe say it was just a big black stork. Okay. <laughs> so it's either... Like a death omen, or it's just a big stork. You know, same thing, right? <laughs> For real. Um, there is also an alien conspiracy theory that revolves around Chernobyl. Uh, of course there is. <laughs> the aliens didn't cause the accident, but they saved the human race from annihilation. Okay. God bless. <laughs> People supposedly saw UFOs around the same time as the explosion. A witness reported seeing an object for about six hours. It suggested that the object was real and that the aliens helped tone down the radiation levels, preventing an even larger blast. Though the damage was bad, it wasn't as apocalyptically bad as believers say it could have been. A common hoax <laughs> is, that a, is the blast mutated humans into zombies that will devour any disaster tourists or researchers that cross their path. But that's a hoax. Yes, because I looked it up. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, there's a video. So I looked up, yeah, there's a video of this guy that is, like, frantically running through, like, this open field. And then there's just people coming from every angle. And then they show him, like, getting ripped apart. Uh -huh. But it's just, like, a heat, like, heat signature, so you can only see, like, white. And then, because they said it was, like, from helicopter. It was from a video game. And I was like, the part of me is like, well, thank God that's not real. Yeah, for real. But I also feel like, had that be true, like, there would, like, we would know by now. Yeah. True. Um, I have three more. Oh, when the sh When the show Destination Truth went to Chernobyl... They picked up heat signatures resembling human figures on their thermal camera where there should have been no people. Oh, that's creepy. But would radiation affect that? I have no idea. I've never used one. Well, I know, but I'm just want, like just thinking out loud. Would, Although I guess that would be very weird if it became like a human shape. Yeah. So, I don't like know. Like a thermal print of somebody that was there. Maybe. Which is even creepier, I feel. Yeah. Um, a witness in the area 
reported that she saw a distorted ghostly figure of an acquaintance who she knows died during the accident. Oh. And when people... She would also have radiation issues. That's what, like, I wonder, like, stuff like that. If there are, like, people that live there that did get affected from the radiation, like, would that mess with you mentally? Could. I don't know. I mean, I've never, like... X-rays is, like, the most radiation I've ever come in contact with. Yeah, God bless. And the last one is, when people are walking through the city of Pripyat, uh, they have felt like they were being watched while walking past the hospital there. They have also seen apparitions and shadows, and some people have claimed to be touched. No! Stop that! (laughs) Actually, one thing that I read was that they had an amusement park it was supposed to open the week of the like that weekend whenever the explosion happened so there was it's just like all rusted and stuff and it never actually been used i was like i look was looking at pictures i was like it looks so creepy oh abandoned amusement parks freak me out and they're like just like the rules they have to go there and i was like nope because the one, like they said, if you have like a tripod and stuff, like they have to have stuff around the bottoms. Mm-hmm. But like even then, they say that like whatever you put around the bottom of like the poles, like could still get eaten away from the radiation. And I was like, wouldn't be sticking shit. I was like, what? I was like, what about your shoes though? Like, would they eat your shoes? Might. Because you could not say fuck shoes in that situation. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. <laughs> shoes. Oh, I don't. It's, like, one of those things where, like, I would love to go there. But, like, at the same time, you're, like, I don't want... Because they said, like, the radiation levels for, like... They said, like, lifetimes is still going to be too high to, like, safely inhabit again. Yeah. Well, heck, like, look at the Fukushima one. They said, like, how many years did they say? I don't know. It was, like... I think they said, like, after we're all, like, long dead and gone, you still can't go there. Well, yeah, and they said it would only go up to, like... Point. Oh, it's gonna, it'll be safe. And then they're like, ah, oh, this is like 10 times higher yeah. than you said it was gonna be. And then when they went to the Russian place, it was like at 19. Yeah. And like safe is like 0.2 or 0.02 or yeah. something. And they're like, uh, what? No, this isn't, what are we doing here? But it's so, it, you know what's so crazy? Because you said like the mammals are thriving there. And then like when they went to that place in Russia in Dark Taurus. It was like, oh, beautiful, green, luscious grass. Yeah, like, I guess, like, maybe once it, like, dies down a bit, like, it's, like, the Garden of Eden all over again. Yeah, so, it's crazy how damaging it is to us, but... Not to... That's, like, one of those things, like, you're not supposed to be here. (laughs) Yeah, because it, you know, like, the place they went in Russia was where they tested nukes. Yeah, because they said, oh, you can go in the water, just don't go down too deep. Yeah, but it was just... and But they weren't fishing there, and they ate the fish. Yeah, which still, you know, I wouldn't eat it. I would have taken, like... No, I would try, try to have not eaten it, but... Anyway, you know, they tested nukes it... So they're, like, craters and stuff, but... But it was, like, beautiful green grass. Yeah, I just don't Yeah, understand. I don't know. Crazy. Well, good stuff. I didn't know that it was haunted. I didn't either. 
I was... Which was funny because you told me to watch that show and like literally while I was researching Chernobyl and then it like popped up and I was like, I was like, huh. Yeah. So. Well, I feel, if you think about it, like I feel like any place that's like that is probably haunted. I don't know. Does radiation fuck with ghosts? I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess not. Well, I mean, like, like anywhere that, like, there's, like, a tragedy. Like, I'm sure if you'd go to, like... I know, I'm just saying, though. You don't know what radiation does to spirits. It probably pisses them off. Makes them more active. Well, especially, like, one of those things if it's, like... There's no, like, no people there for years and years, and then people start showing up again. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. But now the thing that has, like, the concrete, they built a better system over top of it to have that enclosed. So well, it's, yeah. like, doubly enclosed now. Yeah, do, can't radiation go through concrete? I have no idea. I don't either. I'm not a scientist. So. Alright. Well... On Murder Monday, we're going to learn about the murder of Erica Hill. And until then, you can find us on... Oh. No, it cannot go through concrete. Oh, okay. So, until Murder Monday, you can find us on Instagram at in reference to podcast, on Twitter at in reference to. You can send us an email to in reference to podcast at gmail.com and send us any true crime or paranormal stories you might have or any future topics you would like us to cover and we would love to have you support us the podcast and wikipedia by joining us on patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to and as always if you ever need an extra dose of furry therapy fur therapy whatever you want to call it therapy therapy <laughs> Uh, you can follow Brody on Instagram at Brody the Shepherd Mix. Um, usually he's just sleeping, so he's a sleepy, handsome boy. But yeah, until next time. <laughs>